Welcome in everybody and welcome to another week and probably a, a huge week of XFL Weekly. I am your one co-host Kyle Krajewski joined by my dear friend and other co-host Zach Cole. Zach, what's up dude? I'm a little I'm a little somber today as we're recording this because it's reminding me that this is the the, the last time we're going to see some XFL action for for a little bit of a hiatus here, but you know what? I'm excited to to get after it one more time here and uh, recap some games from la- or the game from last week and just talk XFL. I should state it's a it's a mini hiatus just mm-hmm. because we're seeing signings into the NFL as the days go go on and as these NFL training camps move on. Uh, so before we get into uh, I guess the meat of the show is going to be the championship recap. And I know you're all waiting to hear that. But before we get into that, I wanted to recap and just run through uh, these XFL players. These XFL studs are getting signed into NF- into the NFL, uh, mm-hmm. on getting NFL contracts uh, after attending uh, rookie camps and just these uh, the training camps and just kind of getting seen by these NFL teams. Um, and now that it's, here and the NFL or the XFL, the way that the schedule was even like designed or like out, laid out was to coincide with the NFL offseason and training camps and to kind of be over before the summer takes place. That way these guys can right. get signed. Mm-hmm. And the NFL actually, or before we get into these signings too, uh, the XFL actually just announced their rookie draft is coming up. Um, specifically, I have the date here. Uh, June 16th, the XFL is hosting the 2023 XFL Rookie Draft. And there's a, f- a few parameters there where these guys can get XFL contracts uh, leading into basically for the offseason. But they, they have an NF- what is quoted as an NFL out, where if they get a contract up until in the NFL or get signed in the NFL up until Tuesday, December 26th, then they're kind of they're allowed to. Uh, up until then, then it's just kind of like, all right, you're in the XFL, kid. Um, but before then, they are still allowed to sign with the NFL. But it's primarily these uh, undrafted NFL guys are kind of being allowed to uh, be drafted into the XFL and just get that extra extra few years of experience under their belt uh, and to show off again for the NFL. Yeah, Kyle, you mentioned that uh, December 26th date, which is kind of cool because – if you think about that in terms of the NFL schedule, I mean, that's like up until, I don't know. That's week 16. Be week, Conclusion of week, week 15 16. or 16. Okay, yeah, which is incredible. I mean, you know, it's very rare that we even see anyone getting signed in those in, in week 17 or the weeks leading up to the um, leading up to the playoffs. I mean, we saw that like one exception that I can remember recently was I think Eric Weddle got signed. Um, yep. right, he came, yep. he came out of retirement like right before <laughs> uh, the Super Bowl. I went and won a Super Bowl with the Rams. Um, but uh, yet, yeah, no, it's it's. I think it's a, a cool opportunity, and I think that it's cool that we get to see this part of the XFL because this is this is behind the scenes stuff that we didn't get to see the last time the XFL was around. You know, we didn't make it this far. We didn't make it to the championship. We didn't make it to the off season. So it's kind of this is some uncharted territory as well, and it's kind of cool to think about and and you know, think about the possibilities that could arise with it. And I think it's great timing too, uh, in terms of like, uh, it's June when this draft is taking place. So odds are, and, and the parameters it's to be eligible for the XFL draft. It's 
players who were eligible for the 2023 NFL draft and are not under contract by another professional football team. So this is just, these are those undrafted free agents from in the NFL that are just kind of floating, waiting for their opportunity. And, and this is it. And yeah. sure they can still show up and show up for an NFL team in this time frame. But this is just like, all right, I have the guarantee spring comes around. I've got, I've got a job. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a unique opportunity. And I think it's again, fantastic for XF or for NFL uh, prospects that maybe, you know, in prior to the XFL being around, it was like, I didn't get drafted crap, you know, but here you could potentially get put into this essentially maybe minor league system that, you know, you would then have an opportunity to prove yourself. And I think that that's going to be great for the XFL because it's going to, uh, it's going to create a continuous flow of talent coming into the league. And I think it's also going to legitimize the league a little bit that these are high level players, high level prospects that could potentially grow and develop in the XFL and move on to the NFL. I think it's just creating that major league, minor league um, connection even more. Yes, absolutely. And I, I don't want to say that that's the end goal of the XFL, but it definitely, it, it's designed to kind of be that. Uh, maybe not specifically, maybe not like this is NFL junior, but this is at least some fo- type of football that coincides with the NFL. I was going to say, I, I feel like minor league isn't even the right term for it. I think maybe like affiliate league might be a better, I might think be a better a way, to way to explain it. Because like, it, I, I don't want to... It's not the same as as baseball or hockey where you're bringing in these kids that are 16, 17, 18 years old and you're trying to develop them and grow them as minors into majors. You know, these are these are grown men that can play football at a high level um, and are more so just looking for a place to prove it. So I feel like an affiliate league is a better way to explain that. Yeah, absolutely. And then speaking of uh, kind of getting to that next level, getting into the NFL or even returning into the NFL. Uh few uh player signings to kind of to kind of highlight here uh players who are either returning to the nfl from the xfl or making their first appearance in the nfl getting their first contract but since the the end of the season for a lot of these teams like after their final weeks final playoff games uh these players have been allowed to sign with nfl teams and that has been taking place every day that it's been basically available for them um, to highlight a few, Ben DiNucci signs with the, the Denver Broncos uh, after apparently showing up for like balling out in a camp. Uh, running back Jocks Patrick also signs with the Broncos. Uh, cornerback Luke Barku uh, signs with the Steelers. D-lineman Antoine Jackson signs with the Panthers. Uh, my Detroit Lions signed kick, kicker John Parker Romo, probably the best kicker in the XFL this season. <laughs> Zach, this one I wanted to highlight just because it's interesting for you as a Panthers fan, but tight end Jordan Thomas signs with the Panthers as a linebacker. Apparently he went to camp for them and played both sides uh, in camp and apparently played a little bit better as linebacker. Yeah, it is really interesting. And it's, it's kind of cool to see the the versatility for these guys too. Um, And, and even the willingness on behalf of these players to just do whatever it takes to get to, to make their way onto that roster. Um, and, and I think for the Panthers specifically, um, they're kind of, they're a little bit log jammed at tight end, um, with Tommy Tremble. Um, and I, I believe Ian Thomas is still around. 
Uh, I have to double check that. But linebacker, they, they've been hurting for a little while. So um, ever since Luke Keekley's left, they have Shaq Thompson, Shaq Thompson there. But they've been looking to kind of patch it in a little bit. And I think that, uh, as you mentioned, I think that um, I lost him. Jordan Thomas could be a, a fantastic um, fill-in in that position. Yeah. And then rounding out just a few highlights, uh, wide receiver Charleston Rambo signs with the Eagles. Uh, wide receiver Hakeem Butler. This was a big one uh, for me in, in my eyes. Wide receiver Hakeem Butler signs with the Steelers, mm-hmm. second in the league in receiving yards, and I think he had yeah the most receiving touchdowns. I think I, personally, I think he's a guy who can slot in for a, a pretty solid uh, wide receiver three or four role, uh, especially in that offense. And then Alizé Mack, tight end, signs with the uh, New Orleans Saints. So. Just a few highlights. There are, I, I think there's dozens of signings currently, and yeah. there's just one DC defender on this list. So that kind of shows there's still more to come. And in, in my personal opinion, there's plenty yeah. more to come. Uh, and we haven't seen leading receiver uh, Jacquard Pearson sign somewhere. And that is someone I can almost guarantee gets a, a contract somewhere. Yeah, especially this week, Kyle, after we saw that video come out from, from 49ers camp yeah. and this torch in secondary. So um, I was doing some research to see if it was actually an offer or not, but um, all I can find right now is it was just a tryout. So yeah, uh, I guess we're still waiting to see where he lands. But like you mentioned, Kyle, there's still some defenders, um, some renegades that I expect will find homes Absolutely. Um, that haven't yet. I think it's kind of the situation where they were just playing in their championship game. They haven't really had a lot of time to go out. And, uh, and find opportunities. But I expect guys like Tamu, Abram Smith, um, maybe even a Chris Jackson, uh, Chris Jackson, no, Lucky Jackson or Chris Blair. Sorry, I was mixing those two up. Um, <laughs> or on the, uh, on the renegade side, a guy like maybe even Luis Perez has played himself yeah. into, into consideration. Or um, if not, Sal Canella, for sure. I mean, I, I can see him being a successful tight end piece for, for a bunch of teams. So there's still, I think, a lot more to come, and, and that's a great sign. I think that showing that there's dozens and dozens already and there's still two more teams worth of guys that can, that can sign is a very healthy sign for the XFL. Yeah, and I, I mean, that's just even offensively because I, I think the big word on the street is that there's a lot of def- defenders yeah. still kind of out there. I think the one name that I'm seeing thrown around still available, I mean, all of them, but Trent Harris from the Roughnecks still available. Um, I think he was uh, on the top of the list in a lot of stats. Yeah. He was the leading sack leader Um, still available, still looking for signing. Um, And another guy that I'm faithful can, can find a, find a contract somewhere. Uh, Maybe Josh Gordon as well. Finds a, finds a spot somewhere. Uh, Who knows? Could he, could he uh, could he make his way back in? That would that, that would be pretty cool. Um, but Kyle, another guy, um, I, I struggle looking at his name every time. Tal Mupeno, the the oh uh, yes, yep, yep, the XFL the uh, defensive player of the year. Yep. Um, to my knowledge, he hasn't signed anywhere yet. Um, so that's that's another one. I, I know he tried out with the Browns. It looks like about two weeks ago. So um, you know, that's another big defensive name that we could maybe see stick somewhere. Yeah, there's uh, there's a long list of guys who will get their will get their opportunity in the NFL, uh, whether it's just more invites, more teams, just getting an extra look at them. Um, this is just a, a week of list of several weeks to come, uh, a whole summer to be honest, uh, yet to come of mm-hmm. just 
injuries or just adding depth and just kind of like training camps starting in the NFL and people realizing, oh, we need depth in this position or we're kind of lacking here. So, well, Kyle, you not to belabor the point too much, but you mentioned another key thing there, I think, is the injuries. Like, how often do we see someone tear their ACL and go down and you're like, crap, what do I do now? And you've had this whole 10 week season of, of tryouts and auditions for these players, you know, even if it's not a, a Chris Blair, a Lucky Jackson, a, a mm-hmm. Jacor Pearson, you know, even if you go down the list and um, you take a name like uh, I'm trying to look here, um, like a Marcel Aitman um, or a, a Cedric Bird or a Jacques Pat, well, Jacques Patrick, never mind. But like you take one of those guys that's that's down the list a little bit, and you know they still tried out, and you have film on them. It's not these guys that are just sending you them working out in the park in 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 you know wherever, who knows. And, Oklahoma or whatever you know it's it's actual film from an actual game so I think that that's really meaningful um for the NFL too yeah absolutely yeah and it's gonna happen it happens every year and with we'll see plenty plenty more opportunities as the summer goes goes on all right Zach signings draft everything's out of the way let's talk this championship game (laughs) let's do it (laughs) i can't believe this happened and i it's one of those things as a defenders fan i'm hurt i'm upset but as an xfl fan this was an incredible game incredible performance to watch Mm -hmm. and uh, i i can't believe if anybody turned on the show or turned on the game uh, without watching any XFL or having like any of the background information that we have and seeing, I can't. I can't imagine someone turning the game on at halftime. Renegades up twenty to six, and seeing the records of the two teams on the screen, four to four and six to nine and one, and you're just like, wait a minute, this is the championship. <laughs> but all right, before we do all that, Renegades are the XFL champions of 2023. The the Arlington Renegades, four and six, ju- just squeaked into the playoffs, squeaked out, just beating out the Brahmas. Incredible, incredible championship game performance, incredible playoff performance across both games. Mm-hmm. This is a team that truly showed up when they needed to and uh, all, all, like, they deserve all the uh, excitement that they have. Uh, it was a huge game, a huge performance to beat, uh, I think, a unanimous best team in the league uh, by this dominant of a performance. Mm-hmm. This is uh, – we talked about it last week. This is what they needed to do to win. They did – they, like, looked – they had, like, a checklist of everything that they needed to do to win, and they just crossed them all off in the first half. And we're just yes, like, cool, did. we got yep. this. And – it was a great game from both sides, but I think Arlington truly was the better team. And uh, congratulations, Arlington Renegades. Yeah, I, I mean, they played a very complete game in this in this championship game. And Kyle, you said the records, but if you think about it, with winning these two games, the Renegades pulled in at 500. They're 6 yeah. on the season. You know, they won their playoff, their first round game. They won the championship. They are six and six. And, um, you know, I think that's very respectable. And I think that this it, it's a sign of a team that really turned it around um, in the late season and, and 
figured it out clearly. I mean, I think Luis Perez was a big catalyst in that in that turnaround. Absolutely. Um, we saw he had some some up games, some down games, but I mean, from the from week ten on, he was a force to be reckoned with. He was really, really, um, he, he was a rock for this team, and and they played like it. I mean, in the championship game, he he himself went for three touchdowns, which was which was huge and huge. I uh, like I I don't even really. I mean, he controlled the game well. He had a pretty decent completion percentage, above sixty percent. Um, he didn't turn the ball over at all. Uh, just really a gutty performance by him leading this team to a victory. Yeah. And being named XFL championship MVP. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody could have watched that game and thought that that could go to anyone else. I think he yeah. was the, the dominant performer in this game. Huge, huge performance. They renegades needed it. And you provide a dude, Luis Perez, congratulations, huge end of the season for you. Uh, Going from the Vipers to the Renegades, huge. Yeah, he he also gave what I thought was a pretty good halftime speech. I don't I don't know how I stumbled across it, but I did on uh, on, on Twitter somewhere. Yes. He gave a, a really it was a pretty cool halftime speech, and I thought that, that was indicative too of of how he's moved into this leadership role with this new team so quickly, um, which which is special. And I mean, in this game, we saw um, that. that I mean, they gave him the ball 15 times, but Davion Smith really just wasn't what he had always been. But Letty Brown seemed to kind of be the hot hand in, in this game. And they, they interviewed the coaches, and they were like, you know, what's what's going on? And, you know, why aren't why aren't you going with Davion, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it was a, a variety. And, they, and he just kind of said, we're confident in all our guys. And I think that that was yeah. really, really also um, – I keep using the word indicative, but that's not what I'm going for. But that was just – showing that they have a lot of faith in this team and that that team turned around and they believed in all their dudes and they believed that going into that game that they were going to win. That's, that's a dangerous team. One that knows that one that believes that they are going to win. Yeah. I mean, a huge game to just be able to be like, all right, this guy's killing it right now. He's going to kill it for us right now. I, Renegades came into this game and had probably the best game of their season. Um, yeah if not best second best and that's just compared to the the week prior or the game prior and the the other playoff game against the roughnecks two of their best games and the two of the most important games uh, that's that's all that's all that matters at the end of the day um is winning in those most important games and that is huge um i mean story of the game for the renegades was luis perez killing it on offense and then defense just being able to stop the, the defender's defense um, or defender's offense. They uh, intercepted Tamu three times. Um, they, they let up two long touchdowns in the third quarter. And to, at that point, they not that they didn't matter, but they weren't detrimental to the, the outcome to, mm-hmm. to their team. Um, they let up the 52-yard run and uh, five minutes later, Letty Brown scored. Then they gave up 72-yard touchdown to Josh Hammond, and uh, within nine seconds of that touchdown, scored another touchdown. It was uh, the defenders kept – actually, I don't know if you remember this, but the defenders just kept messing up on their kickoffs. Uh, and it's kind of yeah. like that that kickoff rule where it has to stay in bounds and has to stay – the ball has to land in that, like, 30-yard window. Yep. And – Back to back, 
messed that up. And both times that just set up touchdowns for the Renegades or scoring drives. And I think that was the huge hole that the defenders were putting themselves into. Uh, but I mean, the Renegades won based off of that or took advantage of the hand that they were given, which was, oh, now you're just 30 yards away from a touchdown and or from the end zone. And I, I mean, to get the ball back immediately after a touchdown and one play 30 yards to score another, uh, that's that was the game for the Renegades is just keep up uh, or yeah. in this game, it was get so far ahead and then just play keep up uh, or keep scoring after the other team scores. Um, and we saw a, a, a very, uh, I wouldn't say close, but we saw an attempt at the fourth and 15 touchdown or fourth and 15 <laughs> conversion instead of the onside kick by the defenders, but it, it was intercepted. Um, and they had tried. It was one of those things where they were setting up for it. And I can remember being like, oh, they can still win this. They can still keep up. Mm-hmm. They were nine points behind. And in the XFL, that's a touchdown and a three-point conversion. Like, that's a possible return. And just even going into that final fourth and 15, just going into that into that final minute and being like, oh, they could still come back. That's yeah. interesting. That is new as a as a football watcher right so that was that was kind of a cool experience to to kind of kind of have in the championship well and i think one really pivotal moment in this game i think was uh in the uh fourth quarter early ish i would say um jordan tayamu dropped back and he threw a beautiful ball to chris blair and chris blair just dropped it um, and he would have scored on that play. It would have been uh, literally a one-play score. Um, and and those are the kind of things that the defenders have hit on all season, you know, and, and things have gone well when those plays happen. But for that play to not happen, and then immediately they kind of had like a little bit of hangover from it because I believe it was just a four or a three and out on that. They ended up punting it back. And then uh, the Arlington just milked the clock for about, yeah. I would say, a good – I don't know. I'm trying to look at the timestamps here. They got the ball back at 810 and milk the clock all the way down to 202. So, I mean, it was just like they kind of smothered the, the defenders when, when they got the ball back. And, you know, had they put those points on the board, it's a it's a different situation. Maybe Arlington is still trying to pass. Maybe um, there's it's just a yeah. completely different scenario, you know? Yeah, and that's kind of what kept happening to the defenders. It was just close after close after close, like, ball stays in bounds on a kick or Chris Blair catches that ball. It was a bunch of like, what ifs that didn't pan out and the renegades consistently took advantage of those, those Mm -hmm. missed opportunities um, or handed over opportunities. And that's huge. That was, that was the the winning formula. Yeah. And, and I I mean, going into this game, what, I think we said it at 18 points. We said was the the magic number for for the yeah uh, it was 18 or 20, 18 and 20. And I mean they had 20 points going into half. And, and you know they, I was they, they yep they had it. That I was like oh that that feels like it's feels like it's going to be enough. Now of course some part of me was still like I I think the defenders have a comeback in them. But um, you mentioned a couple interceptions, a couple missed conversion attempts, just 
it just didn't click. The the defenders just weren't as sharp as we've seen them be for I'll, I'll say nine weeks of the season, with yep. the exception of that one loss. So, you know, again, we keep coming back to the point. Kudos to the Renegades. Great game. Yep, and that's uh, that's kind of how I think we should leave it. Huge, great game by the Renegades. Uh, you played almost perfect football, uh, I, even just in the first half. Perfect football to give you that lead to to win the game and uh, huge game. Congrats on the congratulations to the Arlington Renegades on being. XFL champions. That's huge. Absolutely. And one one last point just to kind of look forward to the future here, Kyle, is like I feel like this leaves the XFL in a great spot because yeah. if it would have been the 9-1 and one dominant team that won, it would have been like, uh, kind of saw that coming off season. But yeah. for a team that was 4-6 and six and just snuck their way into the playoffs and dominated the playoffs to win, I, I mean, you can think of the XFL this season and really there were there were six teams that were extremely good and extremely competitive week in and week out. Um, I, I think that that still, you know, there were those two, the the guardians and the, and the Vipers kind of, they tried, they got a couple, a couple wins here and there, but I mean, they just really weren't ever in the picture this season, but I think it just goes to show that this league can be won by anyone year in and year out. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Where going into next year or in future years, it, it will always come down to the wire. It will always mm-hmm. come down to uh, the next the next week, the final week, and that could be any team moving forward. It's just kind of, it's just good to have that as like the the start. Essentially, is that yeah. staple of anyone can win this. It, it's not always going to be the best team. Uh, yeah. And I mean, Renegades were the best team that week. They were the best team the week before, and that's why they won it. And that that's huge. And that's kind of what it all comes down to. And uh, that's a huge precedent to put, uh, to kick this league off uh, with year one. Absolutely. And we'll have to see, I guess, who who sticks around, who's new, who, you know, what faces move. Like, there's so many moving pieces, and yeah. I'm, I'm so excited because we could be looking at, you know, I, I don't think it's outrageous to say that the, the standings next year could flip just based off of who teams get and who they Absolutely. add on to, um, who leaves, who, you know, all of that stuff. And again, that, that brings in that term affiliate league because, yep. you know, faces from the NFL could come to the XFL, faces from the XFL could go to the NFL. It could do lots of moving pieces. And I think year in and year out, that's what's going to make this league so exciting is that you don't know. Like Patrick Mahomes isn't going anywhere. He's, he's a chief. The Chiefs are going to be good. You know, but not here. We don't know that Tayamu's going to be there. He could be, he, he could be backing up, or heck, even starting for the the Green Bay Packers this season. You know, and so it the, there's so much turnover and so much um, volatility in the XFL that things could change at the drop of a hat. And I think that that's what's going to make it exciting. And that is for sure what's going to keep it exciting because uh, these teams will look completely different in a month, uh, and that is the. To, to me and to you, Zach, the beauty of it. I know some people, they want names and faces, but this just kind of goes back to uh, good old classic football where you're rooting for a team, you've got a team, and that's that's who you're going to root for because it's going to yeah. – it's like college football. It's college football all over again. It is. Uh, it, it is. At a different level where you're just like, this is my team. This is what it's going to look like or it could look be a different team every year, and that's the excitement. 
where you can't go into a year saying this is going to be the dominant squad again. Uh, it's going to be like, I hope they're dominant again. And that's, that's what I'm excited for. Yeah, absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head. Beautiful. All right. Now, before we wrap up here, Zach and I have to make an announcement for the coming months up until December or probably January. We will be making XFL Weekly a monthly show. So this will now be technically XFL Monthly, just still called XFL Weekly. Um, You can catch our episodes. uh, I think the next episode I'm going to schedule for June 14th or half for June 14th, where we will basically uh, pre-talk the the draft. I think there's going to be a few things kind of floating around, get some, basically recap some news, some huge signings, uh, yeah. player movement. We're going to basically make, instead of creating weekly short episodes, we're going to have monthly bulky uh, packed episodes. And that's kind of what we desire for this show moving forward. Yeah, definitely. So XFL monthly moving forward until about January, feel free, keep tuning in. We love it. Um, and Check us out. In the meantime, Zach and I are huge fantasy football players. Uh, We have our own uh, fantasy football podcast as well. Check us out. First Seed Fantasy. Um, Google podcast search us. um, YouTube search us. You'll find us. Um, And that's where we'll be living, um, I guess, weekly there for uh, the remainder of the year. But you can kind of find us here again at XFL Weekly slash XFL Monthly. uh, (laughs) And in the middle of June. Yeah, I think that that's a safe bet for us, Kyle, is to say I, I don't want to keyhole us into an exact date, like to say, oh, the 14th of every month. But I think if we yeah. shoot for that, that, that third week, week of the, that the week. second or third yeah. week of the month, I think that's a pretty safe bet. Um, so, you know, when you're when, when you're getting sick of a month and you're starting to think, man, I can't wait for this month to be over, just remember that that new XFL monthly podcast is right around the or corner. When it, when it gets to a, the point of the month where you're just like, man, I can't believe it's it's June, like what? June's flying by. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's when you'll it. find us at the. It's at flying the by. That's, that's when you'll find us at the top of your podcast list. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. No. I and Kyle, I'm I'm so excited to transition over to fantasy football. Um, you you mentioned we're both huge fantasy guys. Um, we we love talking fantasy. We're gonna try to be week in and week out. Put you in a good position to win any leagues that you're in. Discuss any of the news. Um, all, all that good stuff that's happening. We're gonna try to keep the two separate. Um, between XFL and fantasy, we don't want to kind of uh, mix our apples and our oranges here, but we would love all of you guys to to hop over and, and give us a listen over there. Um, you know, it's been a blast if interacting. That. If you're into it, yeah, if you're into it, definitely. And if you're not, who knows? Maybe maybe this is the catalyst for you to try fantasy football or or uh, get get involved in it a little bit. But we do love interacting with all of you guys, and we want to kind of continue our try to pull some of you guys over to the dark side of fantasy football and uh, continue growing our fan base here. Yeah. And I think uh, big term goals, Zach and I will try to make a XFL fantasy football kind of thing work to some extent. I know that's already working somewhere or being in the work somewhere. And I, whether that's us helping there or creating content for XFL fantasy football, uh, that would be, uh, that'd be so exciting. 
<laughs> it, it would be, especially because you can have one guy that's in the league one week and gone the next week. It's like absolutely, it, it's that that volatility would be incredible. <laughs> all right. So with that that all being announced and said, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for 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 a fantastic season of absolutely. XFL, um, both in just content and listening and watching us. But I mean, even to the XFL, thank you for. A huge season, huge season one of mm-hmm. many more to come. It was it was a thrilling ride, and Zach and I are both insanely appreciative of the product that we witnessed on the field and off, and just being able to be along for the ride. It's I I going into the season, Kyle. I was thinking, you know, I don't I don't know. I I think it's going to be good, but I don't know. We only saw it to a certain extent last year, mm-hmm. but I mean. This season has been everything and more that I could have asked for. Uh, we got some incredible players um, getting their names recognized. We got we had some incredible games this season, a lot of action, some of the new rules we talked about. So it was just – it was it was special. This year was we, very special. We saw some damn good football, and mm-hmm. I, I'm excited for more. And so All am right. I. I can't wait. All right. And with that, thank you for tuning in. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. We'll still be active in there. Uh, XFL underscore weekly, YouTube and podcast XFL weekly. Just find us, search XFL weekly. You'll probably find us. And thank you again for tuning in. It was a lovely, lovely season. And we'll see you next month. See you.